Um, you are welcome to take a seat. I'll be doing the scripture reading. The scripture reading is taken from Luke 2, from verses 6 to 20, and I'll be reading from the New International Version. Luke 2, from verses 6 to 20. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of God. If I sweat a little, um, thanks to Rafa Nadal, sweating is cool these days. So um, it is warm up here. Thanks for being with us. I, um, when I was a little kid, I had this thing that I called my treasure box. And um, it was actually uh, one of those old wine holders. You know when you get a fancy bottle of wine and it's got a sliding lid? Anybody remember those things? I don't know if they still make them. But I stole one of those from my parents. They gave it to me, actually. And it was one of those things that I kept right at the back behind my bed, on the floor, under my bed. And I was the only person who knew where that lived. And inside of that was some of my very favorite treasures. And uh, these things were things that I valued so much. I had my fly fishing box, which kept all my favorite flies. Anybody who knows about fly fishing knows this is one of the most precious things you could ever own. When you're 10 years old, it is gold. I had other things in there. I had letters from some special people. When you're 10 years old and you get your first letter, you keep it, right? But nobody knew this. I also was given a, a watch from my grandfather that I kept in this special box. And probably my favorite item of all of them, actually, there's another one. This isn't my favorite, but I had my favorite catty. I mean, who doesn't have a catty that they keep? This was the special one you pull out for special occasions. And the other one that I would just keep on my shelf for normal occasions when you need to, you know, keep your siblings away. But my very favorite was my camping knife that lived on my belt every time we went camping. And this treasure box lived right at the back end of my bedroom and nobody knew it existed. I'd pull it out every couple of weeks and I would dig through it and all I would do would just look 
and think about all these amazing things that they symbolized. I would imagine times out in the mountains as I would be fishing with my dad. I would imagine being out camping, sitting around a fire. Everything in that treasure box symbolized adventure and beauty and, and wild things that I got to do as a kid. And I loved that box. I loved it. It's amazing how it says Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. It's almost like Mary had a little space in her life where she put her special treasure box, but it didn't just live somewhere under the bed. It lived in her heart and it lived in her mind. Mary was this young girl who discovered by this angelic visitation that she would give birth as a virgin to a child. It was remarkable. The story is beyond imagining. And Mary began to put a treasure trove inside of her mind, inside of her heart, that began to say, oh my goodness, something is happening. I don't know if you've ever looked at this verse, but it's, it's rather remarkable. Luke chapter 2 verse 19, it says, Mary treasured and she stored up, she pondered these things in her heart. I wonder how you're doing at treasuring the things that really matter treasuring the stuff in our hearts that, that really matter most. I wonder what she might have been prone to forget about God, to forget about life. I wonder how in our season of life it's so easy to forget about the stuff that really matters. She was probably prone to forget the moments. She could have easily forgotten these amazing moments that happened or, or the miracles or, or the mystery of what was going on. This word ponder means to, to throw these things together in your mind and then bring them into a place to actually have a conversation with yourself. Hey, I love talking to myself, and I think all of us do. The stats say that the person that speaks to you most is you. And uh, you do well to realize that Mary was doing a good job at pondering, at, at storing, of building a kind of treasure chest in her heart. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the average uh, attention span of most human beings 20 years ago was 12 seconds. Wow. Do you know that it's changed? Now, 20 years later, with the advent of social media, we have an attention span of eight seconds. We've dropped. And you know what? How long is a goldfish's attention span? I'm sad to say, but it's nine seconds. That's the bad news for today. I have lots of good news. But the point is, is that like Mary, we would possibly be prone to forgetting, to having a low attention span, to getting easily distracted by so much that goes on in our lives and actually... Simply losing out on what matters most. And honestly, this Christmas time, I want to call us. I want to call us to do what Mary did, to ponder, to treasure. It's so easy to treasure a whole bunch of stuff. It's so easy to, to love things, to get caught up in what we can do and what we can accomplish. The danger in our world is that stress increases. And as stress increases, so our reflection tends to decrease. You know that they talk about the tyranny of the urgent. The more busy you are, the more likely you are to create a, 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 a chemical called cortisol. Any doctors want to verify that? And cortisol is your stress hormone and simply means that you have less ability to reflect on what matters. Your mind spins at a speed that it can't handle and you're unable to go deep and you're unable to process the stuff that really matters. We live in a stressed and an anxious world. And Mary found a grace. She found it in her heart to slow down and to ponder and to treasure. How are you doing at pondering and treasuring? I wonder what Mary pondered. 
I imagine she pondered a few things. She would have pondered the prophecies. I love how um, the, the amazing trio told us about Micah 5 verse 2. She would have pondered the prophecies, this remarkable thought that in Jesus Christ, he was fulfilling prophecies. He, uh, there was no power in a, in a virgin birth to, to do. It was the equivalent of, of winning the lottery five times in a row. Being born in the place that you were prophesied you would be born is only something God himself can pull off. And if you go and you begin to ponder, maybe that's something you want to do this Christmas season. Instead of simply pondering what's available on Take-A-Lot and pondering what you could do tomorrow to uh, you know, recreate, what about spending some time pondering the stuff that really matters, the 4,000-year the history of the promises of God that said that a Messiah would come, that promised that God himself would incarnate in humanity. He would be the true and better David, the true and better Moses, the one who would come and fulfill prophecies and turn the world upside down and begin a whole new kingdom. What about spending some time pondering those things? I think Mary would have pondered the peculiarities of what was going on. She would have wondered, how me? How could I, a lowly peasant, be called to uh, this amazing service? She wasn't the kind of ex uh, person you would expect God's Savior to come from. She was an obscure girl living in despised Nazareth. Amazing. Nearby in the open fields around Bethlehem were shepherds looking after their sheep. Rulers and kings weren't even aware of what was happening. Historians and writers were kept uninformed. No one told the Roman governor. The high priest was not let in on the secret. The scribes and Pharisees had no idea what was happening. But the shepherds were visited by angels to be told the good news. It reminds me of that scripture. Has not God chosen the poor to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? Hey, maybe you don't feel amazing. Maybe you don't feel like you've been remembered this Christmas. Let me tell you that 2,000 years ago, a word came from heaven that said you've been remembered. You've been thought about. There's been account made for your life in the life of Jesus Christ. She would have pondered the powerful significance of what was happening. Heaven and earth's true king had come to earth in the form of a man. He had incarnated fully God and fully man and had begun a story of redemption and restoration. Hey, I'm just telling you this stuff of cursory, top glance. We're flying over at a thousand miles an hour, but what if this Christmas we slowed down? What if maybe we opened our study Bibles and we looked at all the prophecies? What if we opened a, a, a reading plan and we began to understand what does incarnation really mean? What if we slowed down and we pondered and we treasured in our heart that heaven and earth's true king came into a lowly manger? There's information for days. We can be informed. You can't say, Roger, I know all that stuff. My prayer this Christmas is that we don't just know it. We don't just have information because information is flying around. I think it's doubling the amount of information in the world every couple of years. It's remarkable how much information there is. But it's remarkable how little revelation there is of who God really is and what he's really done. And as we skim across the surface of life, I pray that some of us would stop, would slow down and do what Mary did to ponder what does Christmas really mean? That Jesus incarnated, that he was born, that he lived the life we could never live, that he died the death that we probably should have died and as punishment for our own rebellion. And then he rose again. Think about that. When Jesus rose from the dead, he inaugurated the first stage of God's coming kingdom power into the world to restore all things. Tim Keller says, the resurrection means not merely that Christians have hope for the future, but they have hope that comes from the future. You don't just have hope for the future. Jesus has come from the future, and he says, this is your world to come. 
hey, what are you pondering and what are you treasuring? What are you storing this Christmas? I wonder if we would step out of our cultural milieu that is just flying at a million miles an hour to get more, consume more, experience more, have more, and to say this Christmas, what if I realize what I've already got? What if I remember what God has already given me in Jesus Christ? What if I remember what the scriptures say and I spend some time and I take a deep dive and I ask the Holy Spirit to help me to see what is already so precious, the grace that's already arrived. Maybe it's around the dinner table to slow down and not talk about your plans tomorrow before you talk about what Jesus already did, to take some time in the scriptures, to take some time to ask God to help you to see him. Maybe you're brand new to this thing and you've been dragged along and you're going, why am I sweating in the sun for this guy? Maybe you're sweating in the sun because God has a plan to say he, there's more to it. There's more to this life. There's something to be said for slowing down and saying, I might have read one book that explains away Christianity, but let me suggest to you there are many more myriad of books that explain and make sense of the world in the scriptures and in many other parts of this world that could help you to understand that I don't believe that anything makes more sense of the world in which we live, the brokenness and the pain that we experience, and the hope that we so long for, than the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And it all starts at Christmas. It starts with God saying, I care enough to give